transmission, where on modelofcontrol.com gains a voice. <laughs> Again, this is Transmission 019, we're still on the letter M, we're still covering the A to Z of Industrial, which covers all of the broad swathe of things that that's meant to be. I'm Adam. I'm Daisy. And I'll be offering songs, Daisy will be... Providing some comments. A pithy comment on it along the way. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, you all know the drill by now, so let's get on with it. Um, we're going to Japan first for a band that you might not have heard in a while. Okay. This will be the Mad Capsule Markets.
Mad Capsule Markets with Tribe from God, when did that come from? 2001 from Oscdis Oscillator and Distortion. 2001? I guessed it was from around about then because I remember hearing it sort of the time I first went to university. Ha, <sighs> yeah. Um, they were quite, quite mad, that band. Um, r- bizarrely, they formed in 1985 really? at high school. Fuck. Yeah. They weren't, they I were, didn't think they were old enough to be that old. We what? thought that too. Um, I mean, they, they split up in 2006, so we right, caught right at the end of their career, but they became a big thing, of all things, over here, thanks to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. <laughs> where the song game Pulse that was, launched a million songs. Yeah, it was on, uh, Pulse was on that. Um, Pulse and Tribe being the two big singles off that album, of course. And they were, there was bits of surf rock, there was bits of punk, there was bits of industrial metal, there was bits of techno, there was bits of drum and bass. There was, there was bits, bits of, of God knows what. They were mad. Absolutely mad. I remember going to see them live in Sheffield at Corporation at the end of 2005. Supported, no less, by 65 Days of Static. The gig was insane. And the, uh, like there were bodies everywhere. The place was mental. It was packed out. And they spoke literally two lines of English, which was on a piece of paper as he thanked everyone for coming. Hello, Sheffield. Thank you for coming. Basically, that was it. Yeah. And But they had this amazing rapport with everybody. The place was batshit. And they finished with Pulse and Tribe and everybody just went, oh, that'll do. Thanks very much. And off they went home. Uh, it was excellent. But yeah, they were a band that I think maybe could have been better appreciated over here because I'm not sure everyone quite understood them. I'm not sure a lot of people even knew who they were, or even heard of them. Well, yes, there is that. Um, maybe the language barrier, as always, sadly, was the thing. Quite. Quite. Um, well, let's get back to English now, because we're going to be covering quite a few bands from America and a few bands from the UK most for most of this time round, and quite a few bands you like. Good grief, I do not believe it. Well, I'm not sure you're going to like this one, though, ah. because this one's very me. Um, next up is Manufracture. Let's <laughs> go. 
That was Manufracture with Friction from In Spite, self-released back in 2007. And I'll take give you one guess as to where I first heard that. Uh, I don't know. Compilation released by the Cyanotic Run. Uh, I can't remember what that compilation's called. One of them. It's called Hordes of the Elite in Elite Speak from 2006, maybe. But it was very much you. Midwest Chicago industrial very glitch much mode rock. You. Yeah, basically. Um, I know very little about the band. They've disappeared off the internet entirely. They only ever released one album. I seem to recall that they played painted in day glow UV colours and played in the dark. Obviously. Uh, and I, a couple of bits of footage I saw looked badass because it, it was all bright colours and everything, but it was quite mad and strange and weird. And I, what well, I kind of wish I'd had a chance to see at the time, but that was never going to happen. But uh, kind of, I, they're here because about the the kind of the power of the internet in the early days of like you know bands would would start their own labels and start curating compilations and start sending them out and people would hear them in parts of the world that you would never have otherwise heard them and Manufacture isn't exactly that kind of band. So yeah, internationalism all for the win, <laughs> right? Absolutely. We're gonna stay in we're gonna stay in in America now for a really really controversial band who some people might say shouldn't be here. This will be Marilyn Manson.
as a pretty much every listener of this should know, was Angel with the Scabbed Wings by Marilyn Manson from his 1996 album of Antichrist Superstar. It's terrifying how old that is now. It's also terrifying that that sold 7 million copies. Yeah. Wow. Um, he was, you know, he was enemy number one at the time, wasn't he? But he really was. Religious groups were picketing his shows. School shootings were blamed on him. Uh... Everyone seemed to, the media seemed to hate on him, and he lapped it up and sold even more records as a result. And Antichrist Superstar remains amazing. Um, yeah, I think we can agree his uh, work since then is uh, patchy. patchy. Yeah, patchy <laughs> is the word. Uh, but he's undeniably industrial rock, or at least in Sometimes. parts. Yes, certainly Antichrist Superstar is, some of the remixes around that time, and Holy Wood. And the one after Holy Wood. Uh, yes, that one. The other one, but I've now forgotten his name. So have I. But yes, and also he was on Nothing Records at this time working with Nine Inch Nails, and that's, you know, pretty much... Apparently they were raised hell together, drank drug, did drugs, destroyed each other, pretty much as might expect, really. You know, plain old Brian Warner wouldn't have done that, but Marilyn Manson sure as hell did. Um, But yeah, I still have a soft spot for some of the older stuff, and I'm still quite happy to listen to it, and still quite happy to dance to it if I ever hear it in a club as well. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. An Angel with a Scabbed Wings is probably my favourite song nowadays. Um, but there's lots and lots of clever stuff and fun stuff on that album. Uh, and it's it's probably a bit too long. Yes. Uh, and also, I think it was the first album to use 99 tracks on the CD as well. Oh, God, yes. And hide a, hide a track away on track 99. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, <laughs> although I think actually Nine Inch Nails did it with Ugh. one of the Wish or Broken, I think, as well. But either way. Anyway, should we move on? Let's move on. Well, talking of bands that have annoyed religious people, here's my life with the Thrill Kill Cult. I live for drugs.
That was, of course, My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult with a daisy chain for Satan, <laughs> the opening track from their 1990 album Confessions of a Knife, that, of course, was on Wax Tracks. I love the Thrill Kill Cult. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're sleazy, they're dumb, it's stupid, but it's fantastic fun. It really is, and, you know, I've been saying it for several years now, but can we please have them come and play over here again? It's been a very long time. It really, really has. And I I would, for one, really like to see them, please. And if they're not playing in first, you're coming to Chicago with me in September. (sighs) Maybe. Just for that. Just because they're playing all of Confessions of a Knife and the other hits around it. And, uh, yeah, I... This is not the first time I'll have said this, and I suspect this won't be the last time I'll have said this, but put your hands up, those who first discovered them, thanks to The Crow. Yeah. <laughs> Another band. Much like Machines of Loving Grace last time, actually, where, uh, where, they, where their, their mainstream breakthrough in many ways was a film soundtrack. And let's face it, that song, After the Flesh, is also excellent. It really is. Uh, and, yeah, it's amazing, actually, because they're what? They're now 33 years young as a band? Their wiki describes how they, how they first formed, which is great. Nardiello and Daly met in spring 1987 while touring together with Ministry. Soon after, they began to conceive an art film to be called My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, a headline taken from a British tabloid Nardiello had noted a few years prior when he lived in London. The film was never completed, but the music they recorded for the soundtrack appealed to Wax Tracks, who re- released the completed songs as a three-track EP. <laughs> so basically a schlocky film that they'd planned to I'd release. watch the hell out of that film. <laughs> You can just I mean, these guys know their B their B movies. I would watch that film. And you just know what kind of film it would be as well, can't you? <laughs> but it would be it would it would have been fun. But hey, the music came that came out of it was good. They annoyed religious groups. They used lots and lots of really really inappropriate samples and uh, covered surf rock, I think, and uh, and sleazy sleazy garage rock and obviously the classic industrial stuff that they were doing at this time, which didn't really sound like anyone else actually. I think partly because of all the weird 60s samples. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they were great. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll be reporting back uh, from Cold Waves about them in September. If they don't get them for Infest first, come on, come on. I'll take it twice, I'm happy with that. Um, next up, oh, it's a band you're probably not going to like. Uh, but hey, uh, I think you all have heard this before. Uh, staying in America, this is Mindless Faith.
was Mindless Faith with I'm Pretty Much Fucked from Medication for the Misinformed that was out on Dependent back in 2007. Eh. I didn't think you'd like that. You've probably eh. heard me play it quite a bit because I did play it autonomy in particular. You did, I, and I do. You're right, but eh. Yeah, it was thundering at electro-industrial. That was actually not of the, not really of the style of the time because it was very much agrotech at that point. You know, that song had melody for a start. Ha. Um, and uh, and uh, that angry album was really really good. Uh, some of the stuff since maybe hasn't been so good. Sorry guys, I really wasn't a fan of Insectual that came out last year, and I wanted it to be as well, but it just didn't quite click with me. Um, but Medication for the Misinformed is well worth hunting down and getting, as is Momentum, the album that came before it. Um, and uh, unless you're me, I won't bother because. Eh. Well, yes, <laughs> yes. Anyway, shall we move on? Let's. Back to Britain, to an underappreciated band from the UK that go by the name of Mesh. See the vapours fading as they stare into the night. Every time it's getting harder to be buttoned up so tight. Don't do Just come. 
That was Mesh with Crash from We Collide from back in 2006. My God, have I been listening to that album that long? Wow. <laughs> I love Mesh. Um, yeah. they're... They're, it's weird, they're one of those bands I mean, that on paper I really ought to love, you know, that sort of synth pop and all of that. And they just... I don't know, they've just never quite... I don't, it's, I don't dislike them, they've just never clicked for me to get the love that you and various other people I know seem to have for them. It just, it's just, it's never quite happened, and I and, don't really know why. And there are a number of our friends that have a much bigger fandom of Mesh than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yes, they, and weirdly, they've never quite made it in the UK either. They, they, they should be the kind of band that should be a huge band as a synth-pop band. They are enormous in Europe, particularly in Germany. And, and, uh, Clearly, I'm not the only British synth pop fan who uh, hasn't clicked with them. Yeah, and you know, I think you know they signed to a German label a long time ago, and I think that may have had something to do with why the fact they're much bigger over there. Um, Dependent have done a great thing with them in recent times, and they seem a bit rejuvenated in recent years as well, with a couple of better albums than they had done in a while. Um, but they've been around since the early '90s, uh, based out of Bristol, still based out of Bristol, as I recall, and still the same core members, and still doing great songs about heartbreak. Although I believe they're all happily married, ironically enough. Um, but they sure as hell know their way around heartbreak and, and betrayal because, you know, it become their stock in trade. But yes, Mash are great. Um, where are we going next? Oh, more synth pop. We're going yeah. to Greece. Yeah. And women. Ooh. It's Marsho. Don't say 
Marshaw with Come On Now from Inhale of 2013, a band I like an awful lot. <laughs> I know you do, yes. And was introduced to Infest in 2008. God, that long ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I kind of was thinking that as well. I was trying to remember when it was that they played, and I was thinking, oh, it must have been after 2010. And I looked it up and I was like, oh... Really? No, I definitely remember you still listening to them, uh, already listening to them, rather, when we still lived in Sheffield, so... Oh, right, okay, fair enough. Well, my memory's the one that's crap, then, in that case. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, they were great, and came around in the mid-2000s, apparently, And but Infest was the first time we'd heard of them, and uh, they'd been brought over to London a few more times by the Electricity Club, and have played over here, and have got quite a fan base now. Um, didn't really think much of the last album, Athlon, but... The older stuff is great, and there's more time for them to make more music. And hopefully, they will. Um, but yes, it's yeah, like they're fine. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say I love them, but Daisy likes other bands. I certainly shocker. don't hate them. Woohoo! We're doing quite well this week. Don't think you're gonna like the next one, though. Yeah, probably not. Oh, good. Hit me with it. It's time for ASCII characters. This is Mercala.
That was Mir Kala with Jeanne d'Arc from the split EP Malleus Maleficarum on Phantasma Discs back in 2013. They did a split with Valhal on. Why can't bands just use normal letters to write their names? This was Witch House, innit? You didn't use normal characters, you used ASCII characters. Just use bloody A's. No. <laughs> Mercal is a weird one, actually. This basically sums up my feelings about Witch House. Just spell your name sensibly. Um, Mercala were a weird one, anyway. They're still, I think, one of the only ones of that e- of that era that were totally anonymous, and I still don't know who it was. Um, but they were quite weird and ghostly and odd, and did a very, very different style to the Split Companions Valhal, who went in a more Norse mysticism way. With a name like that, who'd have guessed? Yeah. Um, Mercala went in this strange, one point, like, almost weird, trippy sea shanty bit on a couple of their songs, and this kind of, almost like everything was shrouded in fog. Um, Jeanne d'Arc was probably one of the more um, accessible songs, but frankly, if you don't like Witch House, Mercala were not a place to start. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm only, at best, ambivalent about Witch House. Stupid names aside. Entirely fair. Um, I don't actually know what's happened to me, Carlo, because he stopped. The last recordings were about 2017, and I've no idea whether they've moved on to another project or just stopped recording music entirely. Because if they're anonymous, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'd like to hear more music, but but maybe they're a massive pop star and they're just busy being a massive pop star. Who knows? Well, after after last night, as we record this, after I was watching a, some obscure noise rock power electronics band from Norway, who's who the female member of which happened to have written a song for Norway's Eurovision entry a few years ago, <laughs> that was a bit of a surprise. So yeah, it could well happen. That band, by the way, was Arabic, but they're very notch not going to fit in this uh, A to Z listing because they're not the kind of thing that fit in here. But well worth checking out. Um, anyway, uh, shall we move on? Um, and weirdly, the next act I think is going to be a band you like more than I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is Mr. Kitty. See you. 
I feel like I'm the only person in the world that doesn't get Mr. Kitty. That, by the way, was After Dark from Time, uh, from 2014. <clears throat> Certainly, I think you were probably the only person at Infest, yeah, whatever year it was he played, that didn't get him. What year was it he played Infest? Uh, oh, come some, on, I assume you have these facts to hand. That's the one thing I didn't write down. Oh. It's sometime around about this, the, out, the, ti- the release of this album, I think, 2013, 2014. Yeah, I think you were pretty much the only person who, who didn't really enjoy his show. I mean, uh, I didn't that, say yeah. that I didn't enjoy it. I just, it did nothing for me. And, it, like, and I feel like... Whereas I must... it was one of the rare times at Infest where I went out and bought the album. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's, I don't know, it just doesn't move me emotionally like it clearly does for everyone else. Well, um, I... how, how I feel about Mesh, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite, quite. Well, Forrest Carney I mean, just like this crazy release schedule as well. He seems to really, you know, every time I look, there's another bloody yeah, album. Yeah, certainly I don't listen to all of it. I only tend to listen to a few bits. Um, I don't think the song Adam picked is, is the best. I am baffled by Adam telling me that that one has more... Uh, listens on Spotify than anything else of his by an order of several million and I don't quite get why that song in particular uh, Stats fans, that song has currently 5.8 million view- listens on Spotify the next one in the popular list has just about a million and I don't get it um, but um, why that, I mean, yeah. that song's fine but it's no better than anything else he's done so if anybody can tell us what show it appeared in, which has meant everybody's been listening to it, that would be really helpful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm, so, okay, I'm going to ask you this. What is it about him that you like? You're asking me to answer that? I mean, what is it about Mesh that you like that I don't? It's it's just uh, personal. Uh, 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 it's well just, enough. you know... Okay, just one of those things. Yeah, Yeah, fine. Uh, But anyway, yeah, he's a massive thing, and frankly, I think he's a bigger thing outside of the industrial scene and in the kind of synth-pop, synth-wavy side of things, Mm. um, and a younger audience than many artists than we listen to. And frankly, many artists would kill for the kind of dedicated audience that he's built up. Yeah, a lot of the bands we're featuring on this do not have anywhere near to a million listens on Spotify for any of their songs. No, quite, quite. Um, But yeah, all power to him. Frankly, uh, and um, and you know, best of luck if they're going to continue with that kind of fan base. Can, I'm sure he can do what he likes. Um, anyway, we have one more song this week, and it's uh, it's another emotional song, but it's one that both of us love. And I can promise you this because it's Mind in a Box. Thomas Bowman. 
really was too clever. But I wouldn't want to end like that. I would die lonely and incredibly sad. Basically perfect sound of mine in a box with change from Lost Alone from 2004. Uh, released on Dependent, which has been their home ever since. Legend has it that Dependent heard one track that they'd sent in as a demo and basically signed them on the spot. I think that's paid off for them? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, possibly. It's rare to think bands are described as unique, but I think genuinely Mind in a Box are. Like, no one does what they do. And no Not one well, sounds like no. them. Um, Unfortunately, that does mean they're somewhat hit or miss live because they really, really have to have all their tech working well, well it, and the sound to be decent. Yes, and it took them six years before they even considered playing live because it was always a studio project from two graphic designer comic book writers who created a story about... Uh, so here you go. Describe the story that the plot oh of through God. the albums has had. Okay, Come on. Um, Okay, so we've got... Oh, help me here. We've got a character who basically can't remember his past and in some sci-fi dystopia and is basically trying to piece together his past and his future with... Help me here, because I'm trying to pull together... (laughs) Oh, my God, it's so complicated. I believe his name is Black. Yes, and he doesn't learn his name Black until at least three albums in. Indeed. Um, because he doesn't know who he is. And he's been mind-washed, brainwashed by the whatever entity it is that the sort of bad guys of the dystopian world he lives in. It's all very complicated. Yes, um, and all the li- and the liner notes have the story and in then- each one. The is it the most recent album, which it must be a year or two ago a couple now? Of years back, yeah. It gets even weirder because they start jump. He he starts jumping into the real world, our world, as it were, or something <laughs> a lot like it. Um, and the band themselves start cropping up as part of the yes. secret agency that are working to undermine the bad guys, and their music is the key. Or it gets very odd. The thing is, is that you don't necessarily need to know the story or appreciate the story to kind of because somehow, despite the fact that they hid all their vocals behind all these effects and vocoders, that they have this extraordinary emotional hit with their best songs. And as we, why Adam and many others were in floods of tears the first time they played Infest because they when play, their sound 
did work properly. I saw them that summer in, in Canada and they had sound issues and they were pushed to the end of the night and they were exhausted and it didn't quite work. And we saw them at Corporation at Resistance the year after Infest and mm. the sound in Corporation is always terrible and it didn't quite work. Um, and then we saw them headlining Infest a couple of years which later. Which was great, but... But not... As perfect as that mid-afternoon set that they did the first time. No, the first time they played Infest in 2011, literally we were all dumbstruck. It all just worked. And then when they played Fear, we were all just like, I've got something in my eye, because I... what? And they played Change, and Change I picked because Change was the first song of theirs I ever heard. And it still remains, at the time, of all the future pop and all of the agrotech that was starting to come through... It then sounded like no one else because we heard yeah. this from like agrotech, wow. agrotech, agrotech, mind in a box. And this beautiful, delicate nature of that I think kind of if you take it away from their stories, their songs were about a sense of self and trying to understand yourself and trying to understand your place in the world and trying to understand loneliness. And their songs do sound so lonely at times and so sad, and I don't quite know how they do it. Um, nice guys too, as it turned out. Who I appeared slightly bowled over that people actually love their band and there's an awful lot of people that do um so yeah um i thought i'd end on a nice note this week you Sorry, complained but... previously ah, but I, I you always finish on the band i hate <laughs> yeah i thought i'd end on one that Thank you'd you. like that's so, very yeah. nice of you so anyway um where are we uh, we are on the first beginning we're, of march we're recording we this have at the finally of march. made it through the winter months although it doesn't feel it from the howling wind outside <laughs> no it doesn't um so I've been covering lots uh, recently. There'll be uh, there's the usual Tuesday tens uh, as I write this uh, around about this time. Tuesday ten three hundred and ninety nine will be covering the best tracks of the past month, and or three hundred ninety eight even three nine nine next week. Um, and uh, and there will be upcoming features on a few bands in this scene. I've got a few things up my sleeve that are coming, and there will be the usual festival coverage this year and the long promised albums of the decade list that is coming because he's it's been, been working long. on it for quite some time and i've got some more work to do on it too but it will be coming uh and transmission 020 will continue again on the letter m next time round. who knows when that will be because we're us and we do have a holiday coming up yes we do uh my first trip to prague not to see an industrial band which is some feat. Uh, but yes, we will be reporting back probably later in March with uh, 020. And in the meantime, thank you for listening. I've been Adam. I'm Daisy. And uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs>